Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail. And uh, if you're listening this morning, I've got Neil Getzlow on my program. This is Overcoming Pornography Part 2. And so here we go. You know, uh, Neil, um, I was thinking about our last conversation and you talked about not realizing that Jesus was Jewish. And I don't think a lot of Christians understand that to the average Jewish person, Jesus is just a blip on the radar screen of history. They don't think about him. They they know about him, but they, they don't give him much thought. And so what was your life growing up uh, being in a Jewish household? Did you learn your normal Hashem you know, can you say your normal Hebrew prayers? No, I can't. Okay. My brother, I think my brother can. My brother got bar mitzvahed. Um, my two sisters who were older than me, they had a little bit of, you know, Sunday school, traditional Hebrew Sunday school that they had gone to, but for whatever reason, by the, and I was, a, so I was 10 years later than them. So I guess in those 10 years, uh, my mom decided that I didn't need any of that. So I, I didn't, I mean, I, you know, I grew up Jewish by blood. Um, and all my friends were Jewish. The school I went to was predominantly Jewish in a very Jewish suburb of St. Louis. And um, so surrounded by all this culture and all this food, and there is a connection there. Like I, I connected to being Jewish through through the culture and through the food, but I didn't know what it meant to be Jewish. Right. So I had never read the Bible before. I didn't know what I, I kind of knew what Passover was. So I was just thinking about this actually the other day. The only exposure I had to God at all was around Passover Easter time when um, the, the Ten Commandments would be on TV. Oh, I like my mom that. Agree. Yeah, I do, too. And I, my mom would watch it for three hours every year. But that Charles was it. There was, Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston, yes. Let my people go. I like uh, that. I, it's yes, and 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 so it's funny that I can watch that. I used to watch it and not understand what it all meant. I watch it today. I'm thinking, man, that I <laughs> is there like a complete whole different story to me now? It's it's kind of crazy. Well, you know, for those that are listening, if you didn't catch the last podcast, Neil's got an amazing book, Unmasked. It's called Unmasked. Neil Getzel, Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. We're talking about overcoming pornography. and But I want to go back to think about what you're talking about, Jewish. Now, we we might get some people listening to this that are Jewish. And because uh, yeah. my podcast channel actually touches 50 nations right now in 996 cities across the globe. So, I mean, what do you say to a Jewish person who's listening, who now comes to realize that you have accepted Jesus as your Messiah. Yeah, I would say it's like, and, and you know, there was a lot of, I guess I'd say hate for, G, for, for uh, Jesus growing up in a Jewish household. And hate seems like a strong word, but you mentioned the word Jesus and people would just like scatter. And, and now, you know, and it's like you, you, people in my family used it as a cuss word, right? We'd blaspheme, you know, Jesus through his name. And, but I would encourage you get through the old Testament and, and, and just read the first, read the book of Matthew in the new Testament. 
and start to realize that Jesus started first to call to the Jews. And if you go back and look through the Old Testament, there are so many signs in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. And I would point you to Isaiah 53. Yeah. If you can read that chapter and, and as a Jew and not see that Isaiah in several hundred years before Christ talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, then I, you know, then you're just, I think you, you, you have the blinders on, like read it with an open mind. But that's to me, that was the, the, the chapter of the new Testament where I was like, it just floored me. Like, how is this possible in the old Testament? And they're talking about Christ and uh, he came for, he came for all of us, but first the Jews. And, you know, it's, it's, it's less about a religion too, which is what I've learned. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. You know, and, and, and whether it's Judaism, Christianity, Islam, whatever, there's a lot of man-made rituals that go into those religions that I think turn people away. The difference in the difference I have, call me whatever you want to call me. If you want to call me a Christian, great. You want to call me a Messianic Jew, fine. But what I say is I am a child of God and I have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that changed everything. I remember talking to a Muslim man once and he said, I have a question for you, Gail. I go, what's your question? Because I worked as a hospital chaplain. He said, uh, he said, well, you know, I'm Muslim. He says, uh, why do you, why do you follow Jesus? I says, well, it's actually quite simple. I said, when you put Muhammad, dangerous to do that, say that name, you know, they get mad. Muhammad, Buddha, I just named off some religious leaders. I said, you just throw Jesus in the middle of that. Do you see anything different about any one of them? No, he goes, I don't see nothing different. I said, I do. All the rest are dead, but Jesus is alive. He's a risen Savior. Amen to that. And if it wasn't for the resurrection, we might as well throw the Bible in the trash can and go home. Because the resurrection proved that he was who he said he was. He said, destroy this temple. Not the temple in Jerusalem, right? Destroy my temple in three days. I'll rebuild it again. Yeah, and it's so it's so interesting too because I you know and there's a couple of reasons why I I believe Jesus is the real Messiah. Messiah number one, you know in in um, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a new heart. I'm gonna take the heart of stone out of you and give you a heart of flesh. I've got a new heart. There's the, all the things that I used to love to do. I don't love to do anymore. I love to do all these new things that is kind of God centered. Like it, I have a new heart with new desires. Like, I don't know how there's no other way for a middle-aged atheist, cranky Jewish man could have that transformation without the power <laughs> of Christ. But I, I'd also say too, if you wanted to take a more evidence, you know, evidentiary look at things, the, the first, the, the, the five, first 500 followers of Jesus who are all Jews, they were willing to die proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead. They were willing to put their lives on it. How many people are willing to stake their lives on a lie? Oh, I know. I don't think there, I don't think there's anybody. Well, you know, and this leads me back to the thought of pornography. Yeah. The only truly way to get free from any addiction is you have to be converted. So now there has to be a conversion experience. And that's what I believe you experienced with Jesus. We have a lot of people in church today. They pray a little prayer 
and they think they're converted, but there's no change, there's no difference. I'm telling you, when you read the truth, when you meet the true Jesus, yeah, there's a conversion experience, and the old begins to pass away, and the new begins to come. And I'm telling you, we got a lot of people, I'm going to get people mad about what I'm about to say. We got people in church today sitting right in the pews, don't realize they're going straight to hell because they have a religion and they don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. To me, that's what changed you, Neil. I I agree. And that's like, you hear when I first got saved, I, for whatever reason, I sort of gravitated to a lot of what was, what's me now being called deconstruction stories. And where people who have used to proclaim that they were followers of Christ and had faith, but now they were deconstructing away from that and, re- and saying that they don't you know, believe anymore. But if you peel back why a lot of these people are walking away from the faith, it is not anything about Jesus whatsoever. It's no. about what someone, it's what someone did to them Correct. that hurt them, or it's what, you know, or rituals that they don't agree with or positions about the culture today that the church has, or that Christians have that maybe they don't agree with, but it's nothing about Jesus. And no. so, as I like to say, like they might've been deconstructing, but I was constructing my faith and, and, um, it's, yeah, you have to have that relationship which means you have to be in prayer daily. You have to be in the scriptures and reading the Bible every single day. And, and when I don't, I can feel it. Oh, absolutely. I, I really feel like it, I can feel it. it. It makes my bones ache when I don't get into the word. It's do you crazy. know the first part of the Bible I read first? Do you know what part of the Bible I read first when I get you, Torah? Mm, I read the yeah. Torah. And then I go into the New Testament. So I yeah. have this uh, reading that I do where I start and I read the Torah. So I know uh, I might be reading. And when I say Torah, I'm not just meaning the first five books of the Old Testament. I'm referring to Torah as the Old Testament. So I, I might be reading in Zechariah. Sure. Or I was reading today in Second Chronicles chapter 28. And then... After I read in the two parts of the Torah, I went, I went into the book of John, and I read, I read a few chapters in John. And I don't know, call me weird, but there's something about when I read Isaiah, Zechariah, when I, when I read Chronicles, when I'm reading those books, I can really feel the Lord's presence. God is doing something, and then I switch. And I go from the old covenant to the new covenant. Yeah. And and so I, I up to date at 5 a.m., first thing I'm in is the Torah, and I'm reading. The, I love the and my wife used to say to me, she goes, I think the only book you read in the Bible is Isaiah, Gail. And I say, it's my favorite book. Yeah. It was pierced for my transgressions. <clears throat> I have got you know. this, yeah, and I've gotten myself into this routine where I just learned about it maybe a few months ago where basically you're reading, so today is what, July 7th, so I'm reading Proverbs chapter 7, mm-hmm. so I'm just going through the Proverbs one day every month, and yes. I read five, five chapters from Psalms, um, which I just, those just fill me up with so much joy, and then yeah, then I'm getting into whether it's picking up into another uh, another book of the the Old Testament, and then and then seeing God's mercy um, on 
you know, in the new Testament, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it is the, um, the, 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 what's fills you up, right? We don't need, we don't need bread alone. Um, but we, we need do God's need the work. bread of life. That's right. That was Jesus. That's right. So another, so you're actually talking about the second key to getting free from pornography. And first one is really experience, experiencing a conversion to Jesus and a personal relationship. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, you heard me say Jesus. I didn't name a denomination, did I? Oh, no. Because no. what's going to get you into heaven is the, your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the second key is filling yourself up daily with the Word. Because I can tell when I'm reading the Word that something's happening in my mind that's positive, that if I don't have that every morning, it, my day is not as strong as it would have been. So the second key to get free is you got to be in the Word. Yeah, I've got what I've got. Yeah, I've got what I've got called the Whole 60. You've probably heard of the Whole 30 diet. I've got the Whole 60 mental diet. For me, it starts every an hour every morning, which is the, you know, 20 minutes praying, 20 minutes reading the Bible, and 20 minutes just listening to worship music and, and getting closer to God. And and take you could do it longer, shorter, but just get into that routine of, of taking time in the morning like you do just to get it, it just, and this is what my pastor always says, whatever you focus in on the most, that's where that, those are the things that you're going to be attracted to. And so if you get out of bed and I'm, and I still say, I'm sometimes in this habit too. So I've still got work to do. If I roll out of bed and I grab my phone and go to social media and start scrolling, that's going to set the tone for my entire day. And that's what I'm going to gravitate to. But if I roll out of bed, and pray and pick up the Bible, then that's going to set the tone for my day. And that's the, that's what builds momentum. Yeah, exactly. And um, I noticed from your story, you did one other thing that was really crucial. There were two other things. One is you began to shut the doors. You shut yeah. the roads where the, where all the porn was coming in at you. You had to shut yes. down. One guy said he wanted to be free. And I said, really? You got a portal of hell on the right-hand side of your house, and that's that cable TV coming in here. And he it's would watch all true. these HBO shows. And mm -hmm. today's HBOs would have been X-rated. It's true. Today, right? 100%, yes. And so, and the other thing is honesty. Yeah. You know, I, back here, one of the keys that I found is having three or four men that know you inside and out that walk with you and pray with you every day. Well, and that's, that was one thing I was going to say, you know, that, that really made a difference is, is going to church. And that seems so, you know, anti, you know, it just seems to the opposite of how the world is today. Why would you go to this, you know, and you picture this archaic, you know, church with all these rituals and, but the church isn't, is the building isn't the church. It's the people that are the church. So surrounding myself with like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ, that was what turbocharged my walk because I was able to learn from them. I was able to disciple them and get discipleship from them. And we we're able to grow together. And it's just, uh, it's it's amazing with the difference that that makes with people who are, when you're around people who are focused on the same thing and want the same thing that you do. I'm reminded of a scripture, James, that says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. 
And I think when you yeah. did that with your wife, Amy, when you confessed everything, then the true healing began. And then you didn't have to lie anymore about where you've been, what you've done, because she knew it all. It was out, finally. You got it off your chest. You dumped it, right? Absolutely. And I've got to say, I admire her because I've not really met Amy. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I admire her because as a godly woman, she looked right at you and said, I forgive you because Jesus has forgiven me. It's like, oh, like, my Who word. does that? Who who does that? Gail, I, I, I mean, that's what the part that just can I think about that. And, and it, it, in fact, I was actually going through my book again, reading that part this week. And I'm, I'm trying to keep it together and, and not ball because like, I just, I can feel that moment. Like I just, and, and for what, for her to do that. And again, it didn't, her forgiveness didn't take any of the accountability and responsibility off of me, mm-hmm. but what it did was that it gave us a chance to reclaim our lives, to mm-hmm. reclaim our marriage and to put God in the center of our relationship finally. And when we were able to do that, it changed everything. To me, when she was standing in front of you doing that, she represented the Lord. 100%. She was like Jesus standing in front of you. Yes. I didn't realize it. (laughs) I didn't realize realize it at the time, but as I think about it now, it's like that was about as close to an encounter of Jesus as you're going to be able to get. And I think through the whole situation, a lot of times people say they want to get out pornography, but they really don't, and they lie. They're not honest. But I think in this whole situation, with your honesty, with your being converted, having a conversion experience, filling yourself with the word, being in a good church, all of those things represent. And to me, your conversion, when I was first converted, I wanted to devour the Bible. One of the things that got me is I wanted to devour the Bible. I wanted to know the Bible. Yes, absolutely. Read it. I was eating the Bible, and I still eat the Bible. I think I'm on my... 20th time through the Bible, probably read through the New Testament 30 times. And yeah, I can I'm, tell you how much I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm only on, I'm only on um, turn number four through it. So I'm just still like, I'm still at the beginning. Like I'm still like learning every single time I open that book. Um, but I, but I would also say too, for, for people that are struggling with pornography or, you know, I, any addiction, but specific to pornography too, like it's, I think there's right. There's the shame involved in that, but that's your identity is not found in pornography. Your identity is your identity is in Christ. That is who you are. God's called you to be holy. He's called you to, to live a a godly life, but also we get too focused on the losses and not the victories. So you could go, I could go 12 weeks. And if I'm looking at porn twice, that means I went 47 and two over that stretch that's pretty good. Like that's the thing about recovery. Like it's not an even straight line straight up. There's going to be ups and downs, but just think that for those 47 days, God gave you the strength to turn away from that pornography, take that strength and just continue to to focus in on that. And yeah, the losses aren't good, but there's just let them go. Right. Focus on the bigger. So today I want to invite those that are listening to accept Christ. So in other words, you may have been just religious your whole life and you're listening to us talk about a personal relationship with Jesus, but man, you're not understanding it. So just open up your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. 
I want to know you. I call on your name for help. Come to me now, Lord. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And so, Neil, it's just so good to have you on the program as we wind up part two, overcoming pornography. You know, if I did a part three, I'd have Amy on. (laughs) Hey, we need to make that happen. Uh, (laughs) We need to make that happen. I don't know Amy, but I bet she'd have a story to tell. But anyways, uh, please, everybody listening, get this book. Because you said that the proceeds are going to rescue people out of sex trafficking, right? Yep, that's right. And just you know, just how they can get it. Yeah, if you go to my website neilgetslow.com, and there you can find the book, order it through there. Not only will I donate fifty percent of the book sales to Run to Stop It, I'll even autograph a copy and send it to you personally in the mail. So um, be sure to check it out there and and. it supports a great cause that's that's going to the money all the money is going to an organiz, organizations across the u.s that are fighting against sex trafficking amen i know when i read that book of chapter one made my heart stop <laughs> grabbed you right oh, it reels you in maybe neil's in trouble i'm going neil's in deep trouble is what i'm thinking and mm-hmm. i can see i didn't i don't i could hear amy's footstep boom 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 and but you it's know like, what it shows how much she loves Jesus. It does. Like her approach. And uh, Neil, I know, I want to say this to you. I believe that God has much more for you and your wife. Um, I'm talking to you and I see an open door. I see a door about to open for you and I don't know what it's all about. And I see you know, a door about to open and I just think that your journey with helping people, with your walk with the Lord, you know, and the thing that people don't realize and understand is that the the Lord wants us to have some amazing experiences with him in our quiet place. I mean, yeah. I tell the Lord, you can take me to heaven. I just don't want to die right now. But if you want to take me up and show me around, I'd like it. I want to be so filled up with Jesus. I mean, I'm not kidding. This is what I desire. So you have a couple of minutes left, and I would just want to, why don't you lead us in a prayer right now? Sure. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be able to reach people today. Maybe, maybe these people that are listening, they are, they're religious and they, but they, and they don't have a relationship with you. And Lord, we just ask that you draw them in today, that you soften their hearts, that you open up their eyes to the truth of your word and that you help build that relationship for them because it's, it's the rituals and, and all those things that's not what that's not what matters what matters is that we have that relationship with you that we have your forgiveness and your mercies which are so good and so new every morning and I just pray for those out there that are trapped in their addictions no matter what they are that you can deliver the healing power you are the healer Jesus and you bring the healing and when we put our faith in you when we put our trust in you when we follow your plan uh, that you have for us we can get healed and we can live a new life and we can be free of those addictions and those demons that, that are wanting to keep us down. Lord, I just pray that everyone has boldness and, and courage today to reach out and to get help and, and to take those anxieties and worries and fears and take them to you, Lord. Let me just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have, folks. Get the book. Thank you for joining us and God bless you. <laughs>